0: My ultimate goal is to be an example of what's possible and to blow my own damn mind about what I can do. And so there's no like specific vehicle or path about how I do it. But for me, it's about like continuous personal evolution. I think every year I try to figure out how to grow emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically, and financially.
1: Welcome back to the Curative Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Sutarchi, and my guest today is Kristen Nguyen. Kristen and I talk about how she risked it all. In 2017, Kristen did what most of us have not even thought about. She left her stable corporate job at a tech company. I won't spoil the details, but she definitely has a lot of insight from her experiences establishing her career so far. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you all. Enjoy the show. Before we get to the episode, I just wanted to say thank you for everyone who is watching the podcast on YouTube and listening to the episodes on all the podcast apps. There are many other ways to support the podcast. A few are to rate and write a review on iTunes. If you got value from the episode, you can share it with a friend and you can email me at hello at kevinsutarji.com and tell me your story about which episode resonated with you. Also, when I announce my guest for the episode on Instagram and ask for questions, you can DM me your question for my guest. Lastly, you can subscribe and be part of the notification squad by opting in on getting notified on YouTube or any podcast app whenever a new episode is released. Thank you and enjoy the show. Thank you, Kristen, for coming to my podcast.
0: I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: I've always wanted to interview you or at least ask you a lot of these questions and, you know about your journey because yeah. you um well I'll let you tell your story but um from my perspective you made the leap you made the leap that everyone's afraid of yeah. doing and um so why don't you talk, talk about your story and how you got to where you are now
0: yeah yeah Ooh, okay so I was I grew up in San Diego and then I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo studied economics and I had a concentration in management information systems so I was on that track to do the whole corporate life, the tech thing, the very traditional climb the corporate ladder thing. Um, so then after I graduated, I did go to a tech company. Uh, I started as an IT analyst and then I was there for about four years. And then my last role there was a program manager for new product introduction. So even at my time at that company, I was still moving around and trying to like figure out what my role was supposed to be and how I could keep growing. So while I was there, I kept having this feeling of like, I wanted something more and I wanted to be in control of like where my destiny went. So I made the decision to leave corporate altogether. Like I jumped ship, burned the boats, did the whole thing and went into real estate sales. Um, But my decision wasn't so like black and white because at the same time, there are a lot of things happening in my personal life. So we're, we're gonna get deep here. So oh, that's fine. I'm
1: I'm okay with this. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I hope you're okay with sharing Absolutely. with the audience. Absolutely.
0: Like I love being personable with people and like really getting to know people's stories. I think that's like one of the coolest things. So my aunt who I was really close to, she passed away from lung cancer about six months before I joined the tech company. And it really, really devastated me because she was my role model. She was my mentor, and, like, I really looked up to her. And the reason why I did and why I cared about her so much was because she did such incredible things. Um, She, my family, they are refugees from Vietnam, so they had to leave their home country to come here to the U.S., you know, leave everything behind, come to a foreign land, come and learn a new language, figure out how to get a job in this, like, new country and like to make things all work out so my aunt did something that no one else really did and she went into the arts and eventually she became a costume designer for Hollywood movies so she did oh, like so cool yeah she did the mask um Netty Professor Super 8 Mortal Kombat like all these really cool movies in the 90s and she was the only Vietnamese born member of the academy and that's like the group that does the Oscars so she made such an impact, not on just her life, but like everyone else's lives who saw her as a role model.
1: And was that something that she wanted to do all along or like, you know, some some passion that she had?
0: Yeah, so she told me when she was growing up, she would like always run away from like the family to go paint by the river because art was just like in her blood and she wanted to just feel that passion. And so when they came here, Everyone was like, you need to, you know, study engineering or be a doctor or be a lawyer or else you're not successful.
1: Very Asian mindset. Very Asian
0: mindset. Even I grew up with that mindset, right? So did I. Yeah, it's very common. And it makes sense, you know, like our parents want the best for us, but sometimes we have to choose what's best for us. Even if if it means letting down our parents just a little bit.
1: I agree. I I feel like um, before you continue on your story, I feel like... um, if we try, try to always make our parents happy, we're not going to be happy ourselves. Yes. And for us to be uh, have a sustainable career, we have to do something that we enjoy or we're just going to kind of die on the inside, Agreed. in my opinion.
0: Agreed. And it's like, if you're not happy, how can you help other people? And how can you give your best, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: So her death, like, rocked my world. And it made me really think about, the sacrifices that my family made to come here. And that was the first time I even thought about it, to be really honest. I grew up very sheltered. Everything was nice, like nice neighborhood. I had tennis lessons. I, I did Kumon, you know, like, <laughs> Oh my God, I did Kumon right? too. Oh like, my gosh. it was a very nice life. And then when my aunt passed away, I thought about her journey here. And then I thought about my parents journey here. I was like, oh man, they sacrificed so much for our family to have a better life. And like I think just thinking about that, it just fills me up with so much gratitude, and I think that's the reason why too I decided to make that leap. Because for me, I think I have this duty to create a life that I'm proud of and a duty to myself to figure out how to evolve into my best version of me.
1: That's a very that's a very strong like reason to really mm-hmm. do this because I was actually wondering, like, oh, you know, is it because you want to try something new? Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, having a family member pass away is really, really tough, obviously, but yeah. it makes you think about, oh, how do I want to live my life?
0: Exactly. Uh, so Completely.
1: I, I I kind of feel you on that because um, actually just recently my cousin passed away.
0: Oh, man. So sorry.
1: Thank you. Um, it was really hard. Uh, it's still hard for our family and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it actually put me into this mindset of like, okay, let me reflect on my life and see like what, you know, would I be happy with what I'm doing now? Um, you know, do I want to do something different or do I actually want to change it up a little bit? Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm still in that process, but you know, it seems that you and I are kind of reflecting on pretty much a tragedy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I I think that it's great that you really thought about it as well and you're acting on it.
0: hmm mm-hmm. So a lot of people say post-traumatic growth is like one of the quote-quote best ways for people to grow and I really wish that not everyone needs to go through that in order to grow. Agreed. And like I hope that people can take some lessons from our conversation today and just like figure out what they should do for, the, for their lives.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I appreciate that and I've never really heard that, you know, that saying before so. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, I'll definitely try to um, take this experience, this trauma, and try to make sure that I really make this um, into something and learn from it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And side note, people don't talk about grief and death and loss. And I feel like it's kind of a tragedy that we don't because it's such a part of life. And for some reason, there's like this weird taboo about like talking about it. But I think when we talk about the people that we've loved and the people that we've lost, it kind of honors them in that way, you know what I mean? And we like get to appreciate the impact that, that they did have in our lives.
1: I agree, and even, even if you don't want to really talk about their death, mm-hmm. um, at least talking about what they've done to impact yes. your life, to impact other people's lives, um, and seeing what you've how you've grown exactly. based on their life exactly i think um, that's the best way to keep them in our memory and everyone else's memory
0: well said well said so yeah. let me tie it back to my aunt so perfect when i looked at her life i saw that she really designed it by what she wanted so that spurred in me the questions like like you said like who do i want to be what do i want to do with this life? Like. Who do I want to become? And so that really got me thinking about, do I really want to be in this role at this tech company? Like, do I really want to try to do this climbing of the corporate ladder thing? So I took a lot of time to think about it and I actually spent nine months preparing to leave. So I had to make sure that I had my finances in order. I actually went around and I cold emailed like 15 top agents in the Bay Area and I was really strategic. I wanted to find people who used to also be in tech or like in a corporate environment and and who were like killing it then because I felt like I could really relate to them and they could relate to me. And so I was lucky because I found a mentor from doing that and we've had like a lot of great conversations.
1: And this mentor is from real estate?
0: Yeah, so she also used to be in tech um, and so I reached out to her and then we just kicked it off and like got along really well. So I think a lot of my success it like I owed to her too.
1: Oh, that's that's very nice because having a mentor, especially going to from one place to another, yes. it's really tough to do. And having a mentor is really helpful, mm-hmm. uh, especially to bootstrap as quickly as possible.
0: Absolutely. That's yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, feel free to go on.
0: Yeah. So then I decided to leave uh, the company, and I went into real estate sales with no sales experience, with no business experience, no entrepreneurship experience whatsoever. And that has been the greatest experience of my life so far, just because when you're on your own, when you're self-employed, when you don't have like a steady paycheck coming in, it's like the ultimate self-development course that you will ever do. Because all the things that you didn't think were there and that you weren't ready for are going to come crashing down. Yeah.
1: That's crazy because I would... uh, assume that you'd be terrified and you're saying that this is the greatest experience maybe in hindsight were you scared initially
0: you know it's really weird when i think back on it i was so pumped to just make my own way for the first time in my life i think growing up i kind of already like i was kind of given a plan of what to do you know high school college get a job blah, blah, blah. Follow this roadmap and you should get to where you're going and you should quote, quote be happy and successful. But something was missing, obviously. So I left and I don't know, I felt really liberated to just be able to do things on my own. But I don't know if that's just my personality of like wanting, wanting to kind of break free from the whole routine, I guess.
1: And, and would you say that you kind of saw that coming where, um, back in the day, you were against routine. You were always interested in like something new, something risky, something unknown.
0: That's such a great question because I was not. <laughs>
1: okay. So for some reason it for, just snapped in. And...
0: Yeah. Like, I, growing up, I was always in my comfort zone. Like I was the good girl. I paid attention to the teacher. I did my homework. I like, followed all the rules. But I think when I lost my aunt, I think that really changed my perspective. And to be really honest, it was like the first time I had any adversity in my life. And that was the first time that I had to deal with a lot of uncomfortable emotions and a lot of dis- like discomfort. Yeah,
1: that's um, that's fair. And I'm sure everyone has would experience that if they're doing something new. Yeah, um, I feel like um, even if you think you're fully prepared, you're it's hard to make that leap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how? Going back to how you prepared financially yeah. and everything else, how did you prepare yourself like, specifically?
0: Yeah, so I made sure I had at least 12 months of living expenses in my savings account. I had to downsize my like, rent to make sure I wasn't living outside of my means. And then I was just really, really conscious of what I was spending my money on. I didn't really travel for that first, that first year. Um, yeah, so I just was really conscious about where my money was going.
1: Would you say that you were living pretty lavishly beforehand when you were doing your corporate <laughs> job?
0: Very carefree, very carefree. Cause like, you know, you leave, co- yeah, you come out of college, you're like, oh, I'm making money now. Like I can do yeah. all these things. And like, you just ha- like enjoy. You oh know? yeah. yeah. It,
1: especially at the beginning, you know, right after college, you want to just like, all right, I'm young, yeah, you yeah, know, F- I, it. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I want to do whatever I want and experience you know something new being out of college
0: exactly you're like i feel like i'm a real adult now because i have my own money yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> okay
1: so downsizing on rent on purchasing things and eating out eating i was out. cooking
0: oh, a lot yeah. more at home yeah
1: were you a type of person that liked to cook at home before
0: i was so that was not that hard i think just like planning ahead was kind of difficult because it'd be so easy to just like eat out or whatever but when you're trying to be a little bit more um, budget focused, you got to pu- you gotta prepare a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to really um, plan and be mindful about how you're going to spend your week. Mm-hmm. How you're going to spend money during that week.
0: Exactly. And
1: make sure that you're not doing too many things all at once that you're spending like, I don't know, thousands exactly. of dollars in a week.
0: Exactly. And I had to like level set with my boyfriend like, oh, hey, can't be spending a lot of money. You know what I mean? Got to prepare for this next phase of my life. So... I think having a supportive partner was also really, really key.
1: Did you have to kind of talk about your vision and like why you wanted to do this and Mm -hmm. kind of reassure your your boyfriend at the time?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, I think I'm lucky because he like supports me no matter what I decide to do. Um, But I think there's some people who aren't so lucky where their spouse is like, oh no, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And like they kind of want to control the partner and like what they do um but yeah so i think i've been looking that in that area
1: so once you pretty much prepared for the big jump mm-hmm. of quitting your corporate job yeah um how were the first few days weeks months like yeah what did you finally realize as you were going through this journey
0: great question so it's so funny i prepared i took the license exam like the week of my last week so i got my license like I think the day before my last day. License to? Oh, my uh, real estate license. Okay. To, okay. So that I can like sell and buy real estate. Oh, cool. So th- those first weeks and months were really, really exciting, but also really scary at the same time. Because for the first time, you're in charge of your own schedule. You have no one to uh, report back to. And you have to be able to really discipline yourself to do the activities you need to do. In order to generate business and the thing that i don't know if people really talk about is like when you go out on your own you have to kind of play two roles the entrepreneur the one that goes out and gets the sales and the clients and the business and then you also have to be the technician so the person who's like servicing the role or doing whatever it is that you need to do to like uh, deliver the service and so i had to wear so many different hats the marketing the sales the client follow-up um and all of those things that I wasn't really prepared for in my previous job in corporate because you're kind of like you ha- you know what you're supposed to do you have a very defined role, but when you go out on your own you have to figure these things out as you go, and so you have to get really comfortable with being with not knowing what's going to happen.
1: And how did you stay organized then? Like because you know you have to follow up with people and mm-hmm. that's pr- probably not as consistent. Yeah, um, and you have to you know worry about different real estate properties and all yeah. that how'd, how'd you stay organized
0: yeah so i was man when i think back about it it's like kind of crazy so i would block out each day of the week so um in like time blocks so for like three hours in the morning i would prospect for new clients either cold calling or door knocking or networking with people i know and then i'd take like a lunch break and would usually network with someone else then and then after lunch i would do follow-up with any of the leads or the prospects or the deals um, that are in the pipeline. And then after that, it would be the the administration work, the paperwork, because in real estate, there's so much paperwork and like le- legal paperwork that needs to be done.
1: Oh, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard there are a ton.
0: And you have to know what you're talking about. So a lot of that time too, in the beginning, was making sure I understood what was happening in those papers so that I could protect my clients and so that they knew what was going on. Um, and then after that, either happy hour or a dinner or a networking event and then home and then do, do it all over again the next day.
1: So in terms of cold calling and networking like mm-hmm. was that initially your forte or did you learn on the job and how did you prepare yourself or how yeah. did you learn and grow from that? It
0: was a, it was really hard because I've never had to be in a sales position where I had to go out and talk to strangers and and try to get them to work with me. think that was like a whole learning curve in itself um but my company had trainings that we could attend and they would teach us what to do and i also got like a a business coach so they would help me figure out how to have the right conversations and how to lead the clients or the prospects
1: so when it comes to cold calling or cold emailing Mm -hmm. i'm assuming you do cold emails as well yeah um in it's my a, opinion, I, I feel like a little ashamed to do it, but yeah. I know that people do it to get business. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I know there's strategies and stuff like that. Like what what, would, what advice would you give to someone that needs to get to cold call for for clients. for clients?
0: Yeah, so now that I've done that whole thing and I'm on the side, I would do something totally different. I think now I would try to add value upfront first instead of being like, oh, like, can I help you in this area? And like just kind of coming in without any value because they don't know you. They've never heard of you. They don't know you. Like why should they trust you? So I think I would go back and try to build that trust first and then build that relationship and then try to create a business relationship.
1: So that relationship, I feel like initial relationship must be really strong before they trust you with their money, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I've basically gone around businesses and just offered my service. And you can tell that like, they're saying, oh, I don't really know you. So I don't know if I want to work with you. Exactly. And they always kind of push it back saying, okay, maybe maybe in the near future, but mm-hmm. not right now.
0: Right. So I think specifically for that situation, maybe what you could do is just shoot them like a promo video of their space already. Be Like, oh, hey, I made this video for you guys. You know, feel free to use it if you want to. If you need any more videos, like I'm your guy. Like that's what I would do if I were you.
1: Have you heard of the briefcase method?
0: Is that from Ramit? Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes 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 okay
1: so you read the book i will teach you to be rich
0: you know i read the cliff notes on that i didn't okay. read the full book
1: the full book is amazing yeah. um ramit Sethi is definitely a game changer in mm-hmm. terms of financial uh personal finance for sure um but the briefcase method is something that i've been trying to incorporate more when yeah. trying to get business mm-hmm. and that goes back to what you were saying like adding value beforehand mm-hmm. so if i want to promote a business i don't do it with a client with them as a client i Mm -hmm. just say hey i'm here to promote your you know your business i'll just do a video if you like what you see feel free to um contact me for more for more videos have you done it yet i have (laughs) has it Um, worked (laughs) it's it's worked so to the point where um so i i literally um saw this um this company packed bags Mm -hmm. and um what what's happening is that they're creating like this coffee travel kit oh cool and so um i don't have the kit but uh, what i was doing was i made a video of danielle who was my roommate at the time make coffee and i try to do like this instagram vertical video and um, i sent it to them and they liked it Um, to be honest uh, they said i have to follow up in august so but they said they'll send me a product and hopefully i can do more videos with them wow so that's my first time doing a briefcase method yeah um so I would say it's successful to the point where I got a response. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, well, props are actually taking action because there's so many. Have you heard of like people ready, fire, and then aim?
1: No, I haven't. Versus
0: like fire, ready, aim. So there's a lot of people who take time to just prepare and prepare and research and prepare, but they actually never take action versus people who just go take action and then they refine as they go.
1: Oh, so yeah, like yeah.
0: ready, fire, aim, and then, then fire, ready, aim, or something like that.
1: Okay, so yeah, I, I feel like um that kind of goes with even just building your business or building a product. Mm-hmm. In my case, building a vi- uh, making a video. Yeah. Because sometimes I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm just, okay, I'll just use the easiest settings I have on my camera, mm-hmm. um, do like very simple transitions, if any, and then just do it. And then I'll learn from there, and then like refine my videos as I go.
0: That's perfect, right? Because I don't know if you're like, you're being willing to fail, which I don't know if many people are actually comfortable with. So I have to give you props for that. I think that's like one of the best ways to learn and to learn fast is to like be willing to put yourself out there and to fail and to keep failing until you get to where you want to go.
1: And that's probably the same for you, because if you're willing to go to the unknown and do real estate where, where you had no experience in sales, mm-hmm. that means you're, you were willing to fail. How did you get to that point where you were ready to do that?
0: Oh, man, I don't know. When I think back, I think I was so enamored by the vision that I had. And that vision was to be able to create the life that I wanted on my own terms for myself and for my family. And like, I really kept going back to that when times got really tough. You know, I got yelled at. I got doors slammed in my face. People were cussing at me and I look nice, you know, like, like I'm not like some scary dude. You know what I mean? So that was really hard to just take that rejection and to not take it personally. You know, I think that was probably one of the hardest lessons I had to learn because I've never really been rejected from anything. Yeah. yeah. So
1: when it to, when it comes to rejection, like, you know, sometimes the first, the second, the third, mm-hmm. you're okay. But when it goes to the fourth, the fifth, mm-hmm. and this goes back with me trying to find clients, like it gets kind of depressing, right? Yes,
0: it uh, really does.
1: How do you convince yourself that like, okay, you know, sooner or later there's going to be someone that says yes. Or how yeah. do you, how'd you keep pushing yourself?
0: So back in real estate, there was a saying that it's a numbers game and every no gets you closer to a yes. So that was like my mantra of like, whenever someone said no to me, I was like, okay, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. And that I think really helped me get through the rejection, but also reminding myself that like these strangers don't know me. They don't know who I am. They don't know what I can do. And they're just saying no right now. They're not saying no to me. Like as a person, they're just saying no to my service right now. I think that, I think that mindset really helped too.
1: So in that case, would you follow up or how how does that work when it when you're saying no right now?
0: Yeah, so I think I've followed up at least three times before I stopped. But I know there's some people who are in my office who like kept following up until they got like a definite no, like seven to ten times. And it wasn't like, you know, every day... <laughs> For like a week, you follow up, right? It's you're like, like badgering <laughs> yeah. someone you're like spamming them. Like, yeah. hey, work with me. You know, it's like every two weeks, every month. But then you're checking in and be like, oh, is there anything you need help with? Anything, you know, that's on your mind that you have a question on? And then you try to build that relationship. And then when they are ready, then it's like they pulled the trigger. Like one of these buyers that I met, one of my clients that I met at an open house, we didn't buy together or we didn't like work with each other until like five months later. So you like kind of never know where things are going to go. So never take no as like a definite final no because you don't know.
1: Yeah, you're, you're pretty much playing the long game and following exactly. up. I, I feel like now that I think about it, I'm seeing a lot of patterns with recruiters. Mm. Actually, they'll, they'll email me and I'll say, oh, not right now. Yeah. And, and that's there like <laughs> not right now, right? <laughs> there you go. And then they'll <laughs> I'll say, okay, I'll follow up in three months. Right. Know, every quarter or something. Yeah. And then... There's a time when I'm like, "Okay, no." Like, the definite no for some, right. you know, for a reason that like I, I just like where I'm working, right. uh, especially now. They're like, "Okay, fine." But mm-hmm. looking back at their emails, I see like the thread has gone on for like months.
0: Yeah, persistence, man. It pays off.
1: That's very true. Yeah. Wow. Uh, even
0: if it doesn't turn out into anything, you can kind of you build this, I guess, trust in yourself to like continue to follow through even though you don't know where it's going to lead because let's be real no one really knows like i never would have thought that we would be here sitting having this awesome chat right now yeah you know what i mean like if you're able to follow through and take action on what you what your goals are even without knowing what the what the end goal is going to be or sorry what the end results going to be i feel like so many awesome things will still come along the way
1: you have so much wisdom right now. Like, <laughs> this is this is amazing. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I feel like um, this is something that a lot of people kind of gain at, through experience. Mm. And um, you you've been doing this for how many years now? Like leaving corporate life.
0: Mm, let's see. I left in twenty seventeen. So it's okay. been like two years now.
1: That I mean, you you seem to have learned a lot in those two years.
0: Yeah, I did. I did. I was just reflecting on it too. So I've. Kind of dabbled in like 20 different industries since leaving college Mm -hmm. i feel like i've let this i've really let my curiosity come to play Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and have this mentality that i don't really have anything to lose i feel like i should follow my curiosity until i find like the passion or where i think i should be yeah yeah
1: i i feel like um that's something that a lot of people have to think about and Mm -hmm. Um, at least reflect on. So that's cool that you did that. Mm -hmm. But are there times where you felt like, man, I regret doing this and I should have just gone back to corporate life?
0: That's a really good question. So when I think back, there was never a moment where I regretted leaving, but there was a time when I regretted leaving the stability of the corporate job. And four months into my new career in real estate, my high school best friend passed away unexpectedly. And that also devastated me because it was my first friend that I've like lost. Um, And I think when you're in a situation where you have to constantly be bringing your best every day, and then you have this like heavy emotional grieving situation happening in your life, there's like a lot that you have to you have to be able to like bring yourself out of like the downs and get yourself to keep going.
1: Yeah, I I actually feel that right now because, Mm -mm. um, you know, uh, like I said, my cousin passed away recently and Mm -hmm. I just started this podcast. um, Mm -hmm. And I I also have kind of work, video work that I have to do with um, other teams, like uh, a dance studio that I'm working with. And um, obviously I have work. Mm -hmm. And so trying to stay on, trying to be able to coordinate with people and talk to people mm-hmm. and get my work done. It's really tough.
0: And to like to focus when you need to focus is really tough cuz there's just like this heaviness that's there and like you can't get rid of it cuz it's just like there. Yeah. yeah. And and
1: I don't know about your experience but I, I was lucky that a lot of my coworkers, my managers, um the people I've been working with, they're very uh, I was very fortunate for them to really sympathize with mm-hmm. how I was feeling mm-hmm. and I with like what I was going through. So they they gave me time. Um, They let me just not do anything for a week or two. And um, I slowly got back into it because um, I I really wanted to get my mind off of it and try to get back into the groove. But uh, it did take longer. I'm glad that everyone was really cool about it. Yeah,
0: and that's good. I think when someone's going through a hard time like that, like your support system means a lot. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I took... So that happened in April and I started in January. So I had about, well, actually no, I started in February. So I had about like two months of like grinding it at hard, I, like prospecting every day, doing the whole thing. Um, and then that happened. So that kind of took me out for like a month and a half.
1: Oh, that's way longer than how I was doing. Yeah. yeah. How long I took.
0: It like really devastated me just because that happened. And then like when, I don't know why, but for me, it kind of re-triggered a re for my aunt at the same time, because they were both so important to me in my life. And it kind of sucked just because like, <clears throat> if I didn't work, I would be getting further and further away from a paycheck. So there was like this pressure in my head. I was like, oh man, I don't know when I'm going to make money again. And like, you know, it's just, you start spiraling and then you start losing confidence in yourself to like pick yourself up, to go back into it. I think that was the hardest time, but I never regretted taking the chance on myself to see what what I would do
1: yeah so I think that is a difference between you and me where um the difference between what you're doing difference between what I'm doing is that I have that steady paycheck so Mm -hmm. it is more difficult for you um that make that definitely makes sense um it kind of sucks that like there's no fallback Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. um unless you've really saved up for like those kind of quote unquote emergencies right where you can't work um did you feel like you were um, forced to continuous continuously working but in a lower like energy and everything like that?
0: I would say yeah. I think I was like willing myself to just get back into the groove just so I can like get back to living life. You know, because when you are grieving and mourning for that long, you're just like, "Oh, I just kind of want this to stop now. Yeah. I don't want to feel like this anymore." Yeah. So then I like slowly got back into it. And then everything worked out great.
1: (laughs) Would you say that like for the past few months or even up to now, do you feel yourself like in this hustle phase or have you found a rhythm or, you know, Mm. anything like that?
0: So I guess I didn't mention. So I was only in real estate for 18 months. Um, So I left last August. And in those 18 months, I closed almost 9 million in sales on on my own. Congratulations. Thanks. That's cool. Thanks. It's cool looking back because... I like really push myself to the limit to just see what would happen and sometimes i kind of forget that it did happen and that i did that i don't know about you but like i never really celebrate any wins in my life i'm just like what's next what's next
1: sometimes i do but it's very short and Mm -hmm. then i i I want the next thing and i think you and i are very similar where we have our heads in the clouds yeah and um this goes back to like oh thinking about uh, you know all the risk and stuff sometimes we're thinking, oh, we want to reach this goal. And then if we actually do reach it, in your case, you did. Oh, I want something more. I want something more. So it's hard to really sit back and reflect and like think about, oh, I did pretty well, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think we're always moving the goalpost further and further away. But I think if we didn't do it, life wouldn't be as fun. That's very true. But I think there's also a trap that people get into. It's like, oh, I want the next best house. I want the next best car. And if I don't get those things, then I'm not successful or I'm not happy versus like the other side where I'm trying to be more in this mindset of like, I'm setting this goal because of who I need to become to achieve that goal.
1: And what is your goal?
0: Mm. Or
1: I guess what, what drives you to do what you're doing now? You said you left real estate and Mm -hmm. what are you doing now?
0: Yes. I just joined, um, or I guess, I guess I got into digital marketing. So specifically digital advertising um, so Facebook ads for local businesses, okay, helping them generate more customer opportunities to help grow their revenue.
1: And so with real estate and with digital advertising, mm-hmm. what is your overall goal and vision, um, to pick these different career paths? Yeah,
0: that's such a good question. And I don't even know if I have a good answer for it. I think my vision, actually, no, my, my ultimate goal is to be an example of what's possible, and to blow my own damn mind about what I can do. And so there's no like specific um, vehicle or path about how I do it. But for me, it's about like continuous personal evolution. Like I always joke with my friends, I'm like Kristen like 8.0 now. (laughs) Like before (laughs) in college, I was like Kristen 2.0, you know? Right. I think every year I try to figure out how to grow um, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, physically and financially.
1: I noticed on your Instagram, in your Instagram profile, and yeah. it. I saw one line that said mindfulness. Oh, yeah, yeah, conscious and, living. Conscious living, <laughs> sorry. Um, conscious living. And so it seems that you're um, getting into this mm. career path where you're thinking about the next step and then you're trying to um, better yourself. And it seems that it revolves around like personal development and everything. Yeah. Um, could you talk about how conscious living is how you're living your conscious life basically
0: i'm so happy that you asked this question like i think this is my newfound passion in life so when i left real estate in august i took a four month sabbatical so i traveled went to korea went home um and then i actually did a silent meditation retreat in santa cruz for four days and i meditated 10 minutes a day for the last two years and that was like the extent of it like I can't sit still. I can't like do, I'm always doing something, you know? So doing the meditation retreat was a step outside of my comfort zone. And I felt like I needed to reconnect with myself. And I feel like I became more spiritual after that experience. Um, because when you're meditating for that long and we were meditating from 6am until 9pm in like 30 to 45 minute, um, sessions and the and it was silent. So, when you go there, you you don't talk to anyone during the time that you're there. When you get there, you you know you introduce yourself to people in the beginning. The teacher like has everyone explain why they're there, what they're hoping to get out of it. But for the rest of the weekend, you don't say a word. And the main reason why I'm, sh- I'm sure you're gonna ask, yeah, is so that it removes the pressure to have to be a, the social part of you to be like, oh, how are you? like how's the experience going for you? Because when you're doing this practice of mindfulness and meditation, you're really, really, you get really connected to yourself. And a lot of shit comes up that you like forgot about, that you didn't know existed, and you have to be vulnerable with yourself. So the first three days was really tough. I would sit there, and I get, like, shooting pains at my back, like, through my legs because I was sitting on the floor and had, like, all the cushions and stuff. Um, and when you're sitting there, you, tr- you... Okay, so people think that meditation is clearing your thoughts. Like, have you ever tried to meditate before?
1: I have at high school, and I can do it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really tough because... Your mind is always racing. There's always something going on. Like when, when was the last time you sat there and just sat still?
1: Oh, n- I feel like never. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fidgety. I always have something racing in my mind. Same. Everything like you're that. You're like
0: dreaming about like the next video that you're going to do exactly. or the next like uh, guest you're going to have, right? Like yeah. there's always something going on. So during the meditation retreat, what you're supposed to do is to let your thoughts come and go. And you get to a point where you're able to observe them come so imagine there's a highway and you're sitting at the top of this like skyscraper and you're looking down on the highway all the cars going by those are your thoughts and like the person sitting on that building is you so you you get to this point where you kind of see your thoughts come and go and then you realize like oh man i'm like not my thoughts like they're just like happening and that was really hard for me to grasp And like i've never really been the type to be i guess spiritual or to practice meditation i kind of thought it was like woo woo and like soft sure like i grew up in a very like logical engineer black and white rational uh environment and then i experienced it for myself and i was like oh man there's like this whole other part of me that i feel like more connected to now and it feels really good so the first three days was really tough I was going in and out of like my old memories and the future and the past, like good and bad memories would come up. And then the last day I was able to really just breathe and focus on my breath and to be my body. And I had this like really crazy out-of-body experience where I felt like my consciousness was being pulled outside of my head. And I was like looking down at myself, meditating in this room with like 40 people. And then I had to move because I felt really freaked out. It was like a, something that I didn't think would ever happen to me. But in that moment though, I felt this complete overwhelming sense of bliss and joy and peace that I've never had ever in my life, which was kind of crazy. It's like really pure. And I think in that moment, I realized that I didn't need to achieve anything in my external life to feel happy or to feel joy or to feel peace. And I only really need to be still and to just be present. And a lot of people say be present or whatever. And it's really hard to like explain it until you experience it. So I want to challenge everyone to go meditate, even five minutes, just sit there and focus on your breathing and see what happens.
1: And, you know, having that experience is crazy. Like there's probably only 1% of people actually want to get that kind of experience mm-hmm. and like they actually get that experience, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I feel like not a lot of people are willing to sit still and really breathe and meditate. Um, But even if they do, even if they meditate, um, they feel a sense of peace. Mm -hmm. They might not incorporate it in their lives afterwards. How do you incorporate that into your life now?
0: That's a really great question. And that was one of my questions at the retreat too, because when you're there, you're kind of like in this magical land where everything just feels so peaceful and so like free all the time. Yeah, you're away
1: from the city. Yeah, you
0: like don't even bring your phone with you. Like you're so disconnected for four days and you're just like living, right? So one of the things that the teachers suggested is that when you're doing something in your everyday life, when you're showering, eating, even doing the dishes, just be in that activity. So instead of like, when was like the last time you took a shower and you're like, oh, I have this meeting, like have to be like do this presentation or whatever. Like you're always thinking about what's coming and you're never just like enjoying the moment. And like, this is still hard for me to this day.
1: Yeah, actually eat. You- even when i'm driving so yes. I, I talked about this with uh with my guests last last week and we were talking about oh no i guess two week two weeks ago and we were talking about um you know when we're showering or when, when we're driving or doing walking Brush your teeth. Uh, yep. brushing your teeth you're, you're thinking about something and sometimes that's like you get some creativity out of it mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. sometimes you're also worrying about it yes So I feel like I'm doing both depending on what I'm thinking about at the time.
0: Isn't it fascinating? Like how (laughs) crazy our mind is. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So I don't think I answered your question about um, how I bring mindfulness into my life now. Right. So after that whole meditation experience, I was kind of like, what is life? Like life is not real. (laughs) Like all these things that I thought I wanted, I don't know if I really want them anymore because I know that. I don't really need them to define myself in a certain way or to like give myself the happiness that I think they will give me. So I spent a lot of time, but I also don't know if it it's because, so I'm naturally an introvert. So I gain my energy from recharging on my own and like just thinking, um, and reflecting
1: i can't really tell i feel like you're easy to talk to even when i met you in cal poly you're just you know very friendly and stuff so i can't tell that you're an introvert
0: okay so this is perfect so i'm gonna bust a myth right here so introverts and extroverts have nothing to do with if someone is social or shy oh interesting yeah so introvert introversion and extroversion is all about how you recharge or take energy so extroverts love to be with people and to like be around people talking to people because they gain energy that way and they cannot be by themselves they like don't know how to be with themselves because they like feel bored or it just it's just like low energy for them versus oh perfect example in the office extroverts if you have a meeting they will talk about it out loud and like they like to like rip things off of each other you know what i mean sure yeah yeah. and then versus an introvert in a business setting in an office setting they will be like, can you give me 10 minutes to think about it and then it'll come back to you? Because mm. they need that time to reflect on their own to figure out their own thoughts and to like write it out or whatever. And then on the social side, like for me, if I hang out with people, it can be draining or it can be energizing depending on who it is. But for networking events, for people that I don't know, it's very, very draining because I feel like I have to give so much of myself to like, I don't know, to be in that situation. So I have to take a lot of extra time later to like recharge. Um, So I'll like read, uh, listen to a podcast or like watch Netflix or something just to like regain my energy. So
1: (laughs) I always thought about that because I tried to be social and try to meet as many people Mm -hmm. as I can and Mm -hmm. obviously doing this podcast, but. I think I every time I need to recharge, I always need to like step back and kind of maybe sit in my room. Yeah, yeah. Listen totally. to a podcast, mm-hmm. watch a Netflix show or something. Yeah. So yeah, I would say I'm an introvert in that yeah. sense. And uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. I I never really thought of introverts and extroverts that yeah. way. Yeah,
0: and there's even a term called ambivert where you're like a little bit of both. So maybe maybe we're both that. Maybe other I don't people know. recharge us, but we need time alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: definitely. Cool. That, that's a. So, uh, I think, um, that's something that a lot of people will, I guess, benefit from learning because, Mm -hmm. you know, if you think someone's like very social and they seem extroverted, but Mm -hmm. sometimes they want to step back and say, you know, I'm going to take a weekend to myself. Like what what the hell is going on here? Exactly.
0: And I think when you know that about yourself, you don't have to be like ashamed of it. Like, to be really honest, I felt like there's something wrong with me because I didn't always want to be going out, but I did it because I thought I needed to, to like show face, you know, but now that I'm older I'm like okay it's okay to say no to that thing that I don't need to go to everything it's okay to do my own thing sometimes
1: cool I think uh that's that's really something that you really need to know about yourself so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's cool and and you can um kind of I don't know educate your friends or like let your friends know that you're you're like this so that they don't take things personally when you say no to hang out
0: yeah yeah you can just say like I just need time to myself like I'll see you guys next time yeah yeah no big deal for sure yeah
1: cool um so going to like um digital advertising Mm -hmm. how do you get clients to do their digital advertising yeah and what do you do
0: yeah so when i got into this industry i thought i knew what i was getting into i definitely did not like I didn't realize that I was actually getting into advertising, like the whole marketing thing. I thought I was just going to do like online technical stuff for them. But -hmm. then there's like this whole other world that kind of got opened. So I got lucky and I joined a small, like my friend's small agency and they do an incredible amount of, um, business every year. So I joined them in the last three months, three, four months, I think. And, they gave me the, the responsibility to manage about a quarter of a million of dollars in ad spend, which is really cool. So That's what a lot I do, of money. it's a lot of money. <laughs> I was like, are you sure you trust me with this? Okay.
1: <laughs> That's cool though.
0: Yeah. But I think, um, I think when you're another reason why I feel like I can just kind of jump into these things is because I believe that I can figure it out along the way. Like what am I think... doing? <laughs> right. Exactly. <how> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shout out
0: yeah so um so what I do for them specifically is I create different ad campaigns and I try to get them new customer opportunities so I'll like write the copy I'll f- try to figure out which photo or which video to use which headline to write and then I just run those that's yeah. cool yeah it's and a-
1: you're enjoying it right now
0: you know it's really funny that you asked me that because I'm actually gonna be switching again to something different oh really <laughs> okay to what Yeah. So I spent a lot of time, um, just thinking, and I think this is where the conscious living piece comes in where I'm trying to pay attention more to like how I react to things like mentally and emotionally. And this is really different from how I was before where everything was very logical and like rational, like, Oh, I'm going to do this job because I'm going to learn these skills or because I think it'll get me to this, this other role that I want. And I think this time around, I'm listening more to my gut instincts and I'm wondering, and I'm asking myself, is this something that I really like enough to pursue mastery in? And I think that's a really important question that I've started to ask myself. And to be honest, it's taking me in this other direction where I'm going to be focusing a lot more on like personal development and self-help. So next year I'm going to be going into life coaching and doing that whole new journey and I'm like really excited about it
1: <laughs> that's very cool I, I think um you know doing something that you feel is right for mm-hmm. yourself and doing something that you feel that you will be happy doing mm-hmm. is very rare um mm-hmm. and especially like when you're studying when you're studying in college and you're you know going in my case going the path of computer engineering um for the first three years I didn't like it and mm. I just felt like, oh, man, I really need to continue on this because, you know, it's I can I get good it. jobs. Yeah. yeah, I studied it. Um, I'm almost I'm about to graduate. Mm-hmm. And um, but I wasn't happy. Luckily, my fourth year, I was uh, I started to enjoy it. I started taking classes where I was doing like iOS development, Android development, and I started liking it. But I would have I could have potentially gone to that point where I graduated and not enjoyed what I was doing. Mm. And I don't know personally if after I graduated, would I have continued on doing that? Or would I have said, what am I gonna do? Would I ask myself, what am I gonna do if I don't enjoy this? Will I step out of that role? Would I step out of a position that I studied for and do something that I enjoy? Um, a lot of people don't ask that question. A lot of Mm -hmm. people are unhappy with what they studied and stuff, and they're afraid to move on to a different role because maybe they liked it at that time and then they don't like it anymore or they want to move on. Yep. And it seems like you're not afraid to move on Mm -hmm. and life coaching that, um, I mean, based on your wisdom, I think (laughs) a lot of people would benefit from it.
0: Thanks. Thanks.
1: I, I I really, um, I'm really excited for you. Oh, thanks Kevin. That's cool. I appreciate that. Do you know how, um. How are you gonna approach it do you know like how are gonna set up your curriculum or anything mm-hmm, like that
0: mm-hmm. yet so there's this one teacher that i've been following i think really intensely for the last like six months and she's really taught me so much about i guess human potential and how we can evolve into the best version of ourselves and it's to me it makes a lot of sense I think this is the first time in my life where like I'm learning these concepts from her and I agree with them like 100%. And I see the potential of how I can help other people achieve their goals and to get past their own limiting limiting beliefs. And it's, I think the first time where I'm like, I really, really want to jump in and see what I can do with this. With real estate, I think it was like, oh, I want to help people with this big transition in their lives. Um, but this time is, this time is different. Cause it's like, I want to teach people what I'm learning because I think it's so powerful and it can be such a game changer in your life. So I'm following this lady. She has, she has a life coach school. So I'll be going through that and then either joining her school as a coach, because I love what she does and I really want to help her grow her business, or I might go on my own and get my own clients. I haven't decided yet. I might do both. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to give her a shout out or...
0: Oh, yeah. Brooke Castillo with the Life Coach School. She's awesome. Check her out.
1: Cool. Um, I think, you know, obviously you already do this, but once you go through that program, you'll figure out what you want to do and you'll make your decision there. Yeah, yeah. And you can always change it.
0: And always pivot if I need to. Always pivot, right. Yeah. That's good. I think the one thing that's also different this time was in real estate. I like believe that that was it that that was like the end-all be-all that that was gonna be my life for forever and then when it didn't turn out that way I was kind of really disappointed because I was like oh man I like felt so strongly that this was it and like I don't know I just put all of this hope into it and then when it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to I got like really down about it so I think this time around I'm just kind of I'm like committing to seeing where it goes but if it doesn't go where I think it's going to then it's okay and I'll just pivot again
1: who who reassured you that you know that was okay that real estate wasn't what you really wanted to do in the end Mm. or did you just realize it by yourself
0: I just kind of realized it by myself and the weird part is there too it was like another gut instinct thing I think one day I just felt really deflated and disconnected and then I kind of ask myself, like, is this the kind of life I want to live? Like, am I living in a way that I can feel proud of, you know? And like, even though I did well on paper internally, if I wasn't in alignment, then that's not, not success to me.
1: I feel like, um, a lot of people, if they want to do a career that, um, will make them happy, Mm -hmm. that they can succeed in, um, they should do something where it revolves around their goal, their vision um and they can do whatever they want to do so like in my case um i'm doing video and this is actually something that i'm interested in now Mm -hmm. but um it's essentially just a platform to help people promote their business promote you know their the creatives like promote their art or anything like that um actually this podcast is new right so yeah uh, this is a new way for me to promote other people um so my my vision my and my goal is to promote others and to help my friends basically Mm -hmm. um you know get their word out and so i i agree with you because um using different platforms different careers different jobs it's at least you have that vision that will go towards that goal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i think we're we're pretty in line with you know our vision
0: exactly and like you can you won't know if you like it or not until you do it you know like, yeah, that's literally the only way.
1: Yeah, just, just do it, try it out. If you don't like it, um, you know, don't worry about it. Yeah. You, you don't don't feel like you waste your life because Exactly. You're, exactly. You're always gonna think about, Oh, should I have done that? Should I do I regret not doing it? But if you did it, you're like, I don't regret it. I, I learned from it and it's not my thing, but it's fine. Yeah,
0: I think that was also another or is another motivate motivating factor. I like don't wanna look back my life and like regret not trying.
1: Yeah. Wow, um, I think we went through so <laughs> many great topics. Um, I I would love to end it like this at a very, you know, great note. Um, for people who want to follow you and um, see what you're doing next, mm-hmm. how do they, you know, what social media username should they follow?
0: Okay, good question. So Instagram right now, it's going to be my first name without the vowels, dot, and then my last name, N-G-U-I-E-N. So K-R-S-T-N dot, N-G-U-I-E-N
1: Okay and um, so if you have any final words like uh, any plugs or anything like that feel free to say it now
0: Mm, I don't have any plugs but I do want to thank you for bringing me on having this conversation I feel like this was a really good deep conversation and we and we covered so many things i don't even know what time it is like it went by so fast <laughs> yeah it yeah. was really fun
1: <laughs> yeah I, I feel like um, this was meant obviously to catch up and mm-hmm. since we haven't seen each other in so long and it became this really deep conversation yeah i and really I, enjoyed it and i
0: love what you're doing bringing on people and like showing showcasing their story and just having conversations i feel like i don't know about you but i feel like these days there's not really much real conversation there's like oh this is what happened at ig or like facebook or whatever but having this and like creating real connections is really really what we're missing and it's really cool to see you doing it and like taking the initiative
1: and i hope that you know most of my conversations, if not all are talking about all the journeys and the vulnerable side of each other so love it man yeah love it cool. it's
0: also part of conscious living <laughs> yeah it is. cool
1: thank you very much Kristen.
0: thanks kevin i yeah. yeah.